Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blue Surge podcast. Joe, happy seven weeks until Worlds. The countdown begins. What are you going to buy me for my seven-week anniversary to Worlds gift? Um, I was going to buy you those Alolan Executor sleeves, but you already got them. Unless you've already torn them up already from trying to learn how to like flip your hand so fast. I'm getting better at it. Yeah, Joe's trying to Joe's trying to learn the skill that makes him nauseous when he watches it. I, I'm really not sure why, but he is. I think it's one of those things, if I learn how to do it, I won't get as nauseous. Rumor is it makes you look smarter when you flip your cards really fast. You know, I always like to see the, all those kids like, on internets. They're just like flipping their ki- cards going... And they go like really, really fast. And I don't know how they have a chance to see all those those cards, but they do it somehow. I wanted to try to do it in order to figure out, A, can I cure the motion sickness, and B, will it make me play better? I just feel like people who flip their cards like that, not in a negative way, in the classroom would just be like flipping crap all over there, like tapping on the desk, like shuffling the papers, like just can't sit still. And I guess that's like 90% of the generation. But maybe it makes you smarter. Who knows? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be breaking sleeves. Well, you know what? We'll have to test it. When you start winning international championships after you've learned how to shuffle your hand, I will believe you. Well, I did top higher than you than you on Monday. Yeah, you did. You did. This is This is a low blow, but you did. We had a league challenge on Monday, and it really went meh from my standpoint. Joe, you played well, though. Yeah, it, like it didn't feel like I played well. So I played Alolan Eggs, and me and Mike got there early, and we were testing a bunch of, or actually at least three or four games. And I don't know what was going on. Nothing was going my draw, my way, or anything like that. So that attitude carried on to the first game of my uh, league challenge. Same thing. I felt like that kid in the finals, in the Masters, who just basically in game two drew past for like a couple of turns in a row and just like that was a heartbreak. Basically felt like scooping. That's exactly what happened to me. It's like I just drew past the entire time against the matchup I know I should win against Russia's Zard. But other than that, I took the next two games and got me some points. You did got you those meaningless points. Second place. Second place at that challenge. Going to Worlds. Oh wait. Wait, does these points count for? I don't know what they count for. I think they might count for the next quarter. Ha! On my way. On your way. Well, I should just see my, my name on top of the leaderboard list for next year. Alolan eggs, all the way. It was it was a it was a it was an okay challenge for me. I went positive and and did get promo all that stuff. I didn't play too hot. I I've been kind of in a rut lately with my playing, but I also haven't found a deck that I'm too keen on yet. I, I like I said, I went positive record wise, but overall, I think mechanically I need to work out a few things. It was a decent challenge, though. And after NAIC, things are going to start getting funky with the uh, decks that people will be bringing to locals. We got seven weeks, man, seven weeks to start testing the weirdest things, start learning the sets. And I think this is a really good time to look at what we have and see if there's anything hidden under some rocks, under some corners. Now is the time to play everything regardless of if you think it's bad or not. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, we don't know the set coming out. That's fine. It's the set. Sure, it's going to be a hundred and so cards, but we know the other 900 cards in the sets. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. We know the other 800. We can, we can put together some ideas. And I don't think of a confirmed list of what's coming to the U.S. Who knows? We might get surprised and get hit with some, maybe some nest balls or a great ball or maybe an ultra ball. Yeah. I mean, we just, we just don't know. However, that shouldn't sh- have a shy away from, from testing. Cause that's, what's super unique about this upcoming worlds now is you're going to have to be testing assuming we're going to get what we're going to get. Heck, I'd be happy getting back level ball. Dude, I'm in for all of it. I'm in for all of it. And before we go straight into that, though, we should talk about the international championship over the weekend. We were both super busy, but we kept an eye on the tournament. We had a lot of friends that were there. They enjoyed it. Again, we talk about that experience. I wish I could go to an NAIC. I plan to try to next year. June is always a hard month for me. I would love to just go there and compete and have fun. I was really happy with the outcome of this tournament. I was super happy with it. And we can go into details in a second. But just to kind of recap the main stuff, Stefan Ivanov, congratulations to him becoming the first back-to-back international championship at the same IC. He's the first person to win the same event twice in a row. So he is not only in company with Tord as the two best players of the past, I don't know, 10 years maybe. And he's also in his own company because he's the only one who's, who's won the same one twice. Tord almost did it, but Ivanov was the only one who pulled it off and he pulled it off with a Zoro control list that only he and a few other people, I think, in the card game could actually pull off successfully. I, I think only he could pull it off. And he beat a sort of newcomer to the scene, but played his hearts out. Um, Emery Taylor playing Picaram. That was the finals. Picaram against Zorork. He played as best as he could. Man, Marshadow sucks sometimes, doesn't it? Yep. And like I said, it's one of those games we talked about before. Just some days you're going to have bad games going on. And unfortunately, that happened right at top tables. Yeah, I mean, it could have happened beforehand. Made finals. This is a kid who's going to be around. He's going to be at top tables. He's going to be someone that we talk about and reference all the time in the next coming years. If I remember correctly, this is his second year in Masters. He's got a long time to play the card game. And I think he's, he's topped some events too. Some regional. He has. Yeah, this, this, isn't, this, is not his, this is his best finish by far, but this is not his first top-level finish, which is why I think, especially in terms of the North American circuit and representing NA, he's going to do a great job, I think. Don't be surprised if at Worlds you see him pop up. Do you think he'll come back next year and take it? And I think they were saying that I don't think a person from the U.S. has ever won NAIC. Yeah, since there's been the international championship circuit, no North American player has actually won it. So it'd be cool to see. And he's a, he's a, he's a player that I admire in terms of his positivity and his, his overall personality. I think communities need that at the top of their game. Stefan Ivanov is a phenomenal player. He is very serious and he is very pinpoint on what he does. He is a professional, but it's also nice to have those people that you can tell are just having fun. And I really, really like to see that. I, I love just watching that. That was, that was fun to see at the top table. And we had, we had an awesome top eight. I could not be happier. Our pick for Zapdos did not go as planned. 
But Magnus did make it. Guy who played it in Sweden. The, was it DreamHack? Yes, we did. We did have a Zapdos. That was the same guy who won. Yeah, yeah. And he took, looking at a very similar list, there's a Zapdos there. Out of the top eight, though, there was only one deck that repeated, and that was Picaram. If you look at this top eight, which I guarantee no one predicted, from one to eight, we have Zorork Dugong Toolbox, I guess we'll call it, Picaram. We have Baby Blacephalon, which I really didn't even think twice about. Um, we had Diego Casaraga, which is a former, former world champ, playing Picaram with Zapdos. We had Ultra Necrozma, another deck I did not expect to be up there. Zapdos, Melmetal Stall, and then in eighth place, which this might as well be first place in his mind, Hunter Butler playing Spirit Tomb Stunfisk, making top eight. Yeah, I watched I watched some one of those winning winning and play rounds, like the few rounds before that. Man, he played a great game. Really smart playing, have to deal with that kind of stuff. But the one prizers managed to hit pretty hard enough to come out with a win. And even like we're talking about this diverse top eight, looking at stuff too, Russia's are bubbled out top eight. Russia's are made ninth place. So all these decks did pretty well. Hearing from some people who went to internets, we're saying that a lot of the peak realms got lumped in one group and all the Russia's are up and went to the other group. Yeah, so it was really kind of beat each other out until you see who who makes it. And there were a lot of Reshazards that were there. I mean, looking at the data that we do have, there were about a almost almost 200 Reshazards. I mean, they were still there. Picaram was the highest level play at 180, 190, but Reshazard was right below that. But if you're playing Reshazard, you thrive on seeing those Picaram mashups, and they did not see a bunch of them. No, and... There were a few things, though, that, again, we talked about Reshazard not being able to get around matchups. I don't know if Reshazard would have made it through these peak realms because I did see, at least in the top eight lists, I cannot confirm all the way, but I saw some lists playing Aetherger Conservation, which kind of makes that knockout a little more tougher for Reshazard. With that Zapdos added in, I just think, again, peak realm came prepared with more ways to deal with it. If Reshazard was paired against the Pika Realms, would we have seen it in top eight, though? Probably. It, it went back to its roots of what Pika Realm first was when they split it up with Zapdos and other things like that. Now, they, instead of the whole Eevee and Jolteon line, they swapped it out for the Dene. I think, I think this tournament was all about comfort. I think it was all about comfort, and you saw that in the top decks, and you saw that what, in what people were playing. Zoroark took it all, and honestly... We did not predict it to be the winner. I'm not upset, though. It's Zoroark's last tournament, and the deck list is like masterfully put together. There's 24 Pokemon in this list. There's two Lele's, which we didn't think about running two Lele's in many decks nowadays. It's, it's almost just... It's the most toolbox list we've seen in quite a while with the two coolest inclusions that I saw. And I have enough lists. He didn't have this, but there was the uh, make him pay Persian, kind of an anti-stall, anti maybe mirror Zoroark match. If you don't know what Persian does, for one colorless, it lets you view your opponent's hand and discard cards until they only have four. So in those stall matchups, it was really good. And then I know you're probably going to mention this too, 
if I didn't mention it before you, in this Naganadal GX. That was a really cool inclusion. Yeah, it was a really smart play. Like I, when I was watching those games, it's like people were playing Zorark with Naganadal. Like they're just they're seeing it like surprises the entire game, and they were just doing chip damage the entire time. It's pretty well thought out. People were at like three or two prizes left. They came out and resettled the score, um, and then resettled the score, um, doing everything they needed to do, set up the damage next turn, popping out Giratina, knocking out two on the bench, and then curb stopping it with the third Pokemon, whatever it happened to be. Yeah, or you just knock out one tag team. I imagine the first round you're playing against this deck. You see Naganadal GX go down, and you go, "Oh, that's that's dumb." And then you then he tri- then he uh, Stinger GXs. You're like, oh, that's weird. And you're sitting on your bench and you're looking at your tag team with 150 damage on it already. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I I get this now. This is bad. They knock out one, I knock out two. Yeah, it was it was cool. And Zoroark doesn't care about Stinger GX because basically it's the four prize card game at that point. Because you Stinger GX, at most, you're taking two prizes off of anything in Zoroark's deck. At most. And in a lot of the decks that you probably faced, you were taking three prizes for their biggest target on the bench. And a lot of players might play with the expectation of, all right, I got two of these tag teams that I can go through. I can afford to lose one. You couldn't afford to lose one in this tournament with Zorak running around the way it did. I thought this was one of the best played and most diverse tournaments that I've seen. If if it's because of the way Worlds rotates now, I hope they never change it. Yeah, and I think that was like one of those back pocket plays I was expecting. Granted, I did see Stunfist on top, Stunfist Spirit on top eight, which didn't expect, but that was one of those back pocket plays that I think we were talking about for a while that would always show up at Worlds, but now show up instead of Internet's because of the rotation. But those back pocket texts people were just sitting on for a while. Yeah. I- Spiritomb Stunfisk, it was a deck that we knew about at the very beginning, and then we just dismissed it immediately because it never saw play, and we're like, okay, spread kind of screws it over. You, you really had to play this deck with no fear of Weezing. You had to have no fear. If Weezing showed up, you never make it. Well, on the flip side, you just used it to, to your advantage. You steps a lot quicker, do what you need to do, and just start knocking things out. Yeah, and, and that list played Honchkrow GX. It played Kartana GX. It had a lot of ways to kind of move around stuff. I was super happy. It played Damage Mover, Joe. Yeah. Played Damage Mover. Come on. And it rotates. A dude made top eight with Damage Mover. Good for you. That is a pat on the back for sure. Day two was impressive enough. Making top eight, that is phenomenal. I just... I don't know. Is Damage Mover, is that Dragon's Majesty or is that... Shining Legends. Shining Legends. Okay, it's Shining Legends. Before we move on, I just want to say this. As a player who never found a deck that he really enjoyed in this meta, like personally, I had nothing that I really attached to that was of the high level. If you're someone who complained about this meta, I'm sorry. You're just complaining to complain, or you're complaining because you're not you're not having as much success as someone else. Because the meta cannot be better than what it is right now in terms of what can win. And I don't need to have any more evidence than just top eight. Yeah, and honestly, I like I like the meta of what it was earlier this year when everybody was running around with their head cut off. 
um, because you saw everything under the sun trying to get out there and try to get played. And now it's not until the tag teams like Pick Around came out that it got narrowed down a bit. And I mean, yeah, are there decks that are the best? Of course there are. Picaram is the one of the best. Rushes are, you have these big tag teams. Zorok is still at the top of his game. But when have we been in a place in the past couple of years where you really have all these options? Realistically. I mean, again, you and me, we never really looked at these decks that were at the top and went, oh, I love playing that. But I don't think anyone can argue with the fact of in the past couple of years, it's been rare that you can go into a tournament and go, okay, I can play option A, B, C, D, or E and realistically have a chance to win this. Before, it's like, okay, I can play option A and option B if I play against option A and then if I think it's going to be a mix of those two, I can sideline them with option C. You have to convince yourself for that third option and get a little lucky. It wasn't like that here. You could realistically make it I would I would argue and say probably five decks had a real chance to win the tournament. I don't I don't know if we're gonna have that for a while. We might have it at Worlds, but that's just because it's a new meta and it doesn't really there's there's no meta that exists. I I don't know. I think it was a super cool tournament to see, and it's a meta that again I didn't have a spot in personally, but I can't argue that it wasn't a healthy meta. I thought it was very healthy, even though stall existed which I know a lot of people don't like Stall, and I'm not a super fan of it either. The fact that it was even one of the five decks that could win a tournament, it's not a bad thing for the game. you have anything else that you want to say about the tournament, though? Anything cool you saw? Anything? No. One of the cool things, I guess, <clears throat> or kind of the funny things I've, I fought, one of the people in our league um, did go to Hernats, and they played um, Whimsicott GX. And they're telling us, he was telling me his insane flips he had that the first day. Someone actually called a judge on him because he had hit four heads in a row, preventing an attack happening through to Whimsicott GX. They actually had a judge watch him roll the rest of the game. That's the biggest tilt moment of that opponent's life. However, though, Whimsicott is tilt-inducing. As, mo- as ridiculous as it was, you should never call a judge for that. I mean, I get it. It's at an it's at an IC. I understand it. You're you're trying to make sure no one's cheating, and unfortunately, people cheat. And I know we know this kid too. This guy only uses those clear die, the big rolling ones. That's all he uses. The the Pokemon ones. Yeah, he's there's no way that he was cheating. And if you need to cheat with Whimsicott, I feel like if you choose to play Whimsicott, you I don't know. You you you're probably not cheating. And the other thing too is if you're cheating at a children's card game, I'm sorry. Go find something else to play. Yeah, the Yu-Gi-Oh fits you much better. Magic. Oh. Oh, magic. I wish I could play that game more, but man. Too expensive. I had my time with it. I had my time with it. Moving on though from NAIC, it was a great tournament. I think we reflected on it in a positive light. I hope you guys enjoyed watching it as much as we did. Again, congratulations to the people that made top eight. World is gonna be crazy. We're going to be talking about Worlds and the new format and the new cards throughout these next six, seven weeks. Just remember, play anything and everything over these weeks. Figure out what's good. Figure out what's terrible. Figure out what weird synergies that never worked before might work with the cards that are leaving. It's time to start doing all of that. The winner of Worlds is going to be someone that's rewarded for trying a bunch of stuff. 
Yeah, and there's already videos out there on YouTube about people playing post rotation stuff. I've already seen two channel, three channels looking at stuff. Um, Tablemon stuff is is already looking at post rotation stuff. Rare Candy has some really good ones. I just w- watched the other day. Aegis Slash versus Rowlet and Lone Executor GX. Um, pretty some pretty cool stuff. The Aegis Slash one is pretty neat looking. Yeah, we've had someone at our locals kind of mention that as well. I'm gonna be taking a look at that. And even with the new decks, though, play the current decks without the cards that are going to be around anymore. I've been testing a lot of Gardevoir Sylveon, and we're, we've been trying to find out replacements for the cards that are leaving. Do that. Play the decks that you've been playing without the cards that won't be existing later in August. Don't just take a deck and go, eh, it rotates. I'm never going to play it again. Because you never know. If your main engine is around, play it. See what happens. Yeah, and especially now too, like test what you have available, even on PTCGO. It'll be great because you'll get to see how it functions in the current meta, which you have a lot more resources available. Right. Unless you're playing Zorark, you're you're being productive. Unfortunately, there's no reason to be playing Zorark anymore because that is an entire engine that is leaving. That deck loses its entire identity. But most decks aren't losing a ton. Other than the deck, other than the cards that everyone's losing, everyone's losing Ultra Ball, everyone's losing Guzma. What are the replacements? It's your time to figure that out. Hopefully, you spend the next month and a half, two months productively. I hope you keep playing. I hope you keep testing. We're actually going to take our break now before we go into the cards, just because the way the pod is set up this week, we have NAIC, we have about 10, 12 cards to talk about, and then we're going to make our way out of here. Over the next couple of weeks, the way the pod is set up is going to be kind of flip-flopped around depending on what we have going on. So we'll be letting you know as things change. But we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a minute. Alrighty, welcome back. We have probably about 10 to 15 cards to talk about today. It's nice to have these new cards starting to pop up again. You're always worried that after a big tournament with such a big gap that we won't have stuff to talk about. The beauty of this card game is there's always something to talk about. The first two cards we're going to look at are a Kyogre and a Fioni. We'll go quickly over the cards that aren't too great. Most of these cards, though, are at least decent and are playable. The first one is Kyogre. It has 130 HP. It is a basic water type. For one colorless energy, it has the attack High Tide. Attach two water energies from your discard pile to one of your Pokemon. For two water and two colorless, it does Swirling Waves, which is 130 damage discarded energy from this Pokemon. Joe, any initial thoughts on this card? Not terrible, but not the best either. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't know how energy is going to get in the discard yet. We don't know how to do that. It'll happen there somehow, but it's nice to have the energy acceleration. Yeah, because I guess we don't really know the speed of the format coming up. So this is a card that, if the format is slow enough, will have a spot kind of like how Volcanion, Baby Volcanion right now, and cards like that exist for certain decks. It's an average card. I think you'd agree with me on that, yeah? It's just super average. Yeah. It, 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 it might have a place, just not right now. Not right now. Fionn, I am really happy with. 70 HP. It's a basic Pokemon. This little guy never gets enough love. It is Manaphy's baby 
form, I guess, even though it can't evolve into Manaphy, which is stupid. Did you know that, Joe? I did not. In the TCG or in the VGC? In the video game. So Manaphy, Legendary, has the baby version, which is Fionn. You can breed Manaphy, but Fionn does not evolve into Manaphy. It's weird. It's really weird. So I'm glad this little guy's getting some love. It has one attack, wave splash, 10 damage. We don't really care about that. Busted. We do care about the ability Whirlpool Drag. Once during your turn, if this Pokemon is on your bench, you may have your opponent switch their active Pokemon with one of their benched. If you do, discard all cards attached to this Pokemon. Put this Pokemon at the bottom of your deck. It's a basic, and hopefully it'll be searchable. This is a good ability, dude. It's really good. You can have a bunch of those instead of having the Volcano and Prison Star. That's the way you can get your dis- your energy in the discard. So you have a, a bunch of switching around that you can do. I love it. I love this card. I mean, it's it's once per turn, and I, there's not really a point of stacking it. So you probably just play one in the deck. But it goes into the, it goes back into the deck. It doesn't go into your discard pile. You don't need to recur. You don't need to take it out of your discard. Yeah, it'll be great to have. Um, I can see this being played in most decks just to have a, or not to de- deck yourself out. It requires no cost of anything to really do the ability. You just shuffle it back in, and it's not even a liability on the bench because odds are you're just gonna play it when you need to use the ability. That's perfect. It'll be played in a lot of decks. I am certain of that. With Custom Catcher right now being the only known switching mechanic, I should say manipulating switching mechanic. Gusting, as people were using. Yes, it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be a good card. I don't think it'll, it'll be super expensive or anything, but it'll be solid. Our next card on the list is a Groudon, which is fitting as the opponent for Kyogre. It is also 130 HP. These are two very similar cards. It is a fighting card. One colorless energy, Drought. Choose up to two basic fighting energy cards from your hand and attach them to one of your Pokemon. Two fighting, one colorless. 130 damage. This Pokemon can't use this attack during your next turn. I think this card is better than the Kyogre card. I I just think that attaching from your hand and also the second attack being three energy instead of four, I think it's just a better card overall. Yeah. This will get a lot more play than Kyogre, obviously. Um, it would be nice to have this going on. Uh, it would think it would be a great tech-in for um, possible uh, decks coming out, like um, the Zygarde deck that some people may not even think about, but consider. Mm-hmm. Um, where Zygarde, there's a Zygarde card. Well, Zygarde GX. But then there's a, a support Zygarde card. I can't remember what it is offhand, but it adds damage to Zygarde's attacks. Is Zygarde rotating? No. It's not? What set was it from? Celestial? I believe so. Zygarde. Yeah, let's confirm that. GX. So Zygarde GX is from Forbidden Light. Oh, so it will stay. Sweet. Yeah, this would be a good card in that. And worst case scenario, you can Groudon Drought to Groudon. Because its attack is three energy. Yep. 130 damage. It's not bad, dude. Nope. And it's a good typing card. It's better than having a fire type. It's better to have it be the fighting like ground type than the fire type, I think, with the format we have and just going forward. Good card. It's an above average card. 
Some cards that I want to talk about that I thought we talked about last week, but I don't think we did. So we have the three tag teams of the starters. We did not talk about this. We talked about Brakeson and Charizard, but we never actually talked about the Venusaur and Blastoise tag team cards that will also be coming out in this set. Venusaur and Snivy GX will be coming out. It is a 270 HP grass tag team. Has the ability Shining Vine. If this Pokemon is your active Pokemon, whenever you attach a grass energy from your hand to this Pokemon, you may choose one of your opponent's bench Pokemon and switch it into the active position. One grass, three colorless, forest dump, 160 damage. And then Solar Blast GX for three colorless. This attack does 50 damage to each of your benched, each of your opponent's Pokemon. Not apply weakness or resistance. If this Pokemon has at least two additional energies, heal all damage from each of your Pokemon. There's some cool stuff going on here, but it's not a great card. It's not great, but I can see it being teched in a one or two of in any grass deck based on the ability alone. You want it to be good, but it has to be in the active. True. That's the cruddy part. If if it was an ability like just on the bench, whew, that would be good. Uh, I, I think that Venusaur Celebi, I, I just think is a bit better overall. You can't use TCE on this because it's a basic. I could be proven wrong. I would have loved to have seen Solar Blast. Instead of healing all of your Pokemon, it just did more damage to each of your opponent's Pokemon. I kind of wish that that was the tag team, GX. The Blastoise tag team card, also 270 HP. It is a water type. It is Blastoise and Piplup. Water, water, colorless, splash maker, 150 damage. You may attach up to three water energy from your hand to your Pokemon in any way you like. Then heal 50 from each of those Pokemon that you attach energy to. For a water, water, colorless, bubble launcher GX, does 100 damage. Your opponent's active Pokemon is now paralyzed. If this Pokemon has at least three additional water energy attached to it, this attack does 150 more damage. This is a much better card than Venusaur. Yeah. Of the three tag teams to get out of those, from Venusaur, Snivy GX, Charizard, Brexen GX, and Blastoise, Piplup GX, of the three of those, Blastoise and Piplup um, are probably, is probably the best one. Yes, Blastmaker is a good attack. It's fantastic. And the GX is, is amazing. So you pair that up with um, Blastoise, the baby Blastoise with um, Powerful Squall. Yes. You can probably do that in at least turn two, maybe, if you got really lucky. Dude, Blastoise is a deck that you could practice and test for post-rotation. Oh, yeah. With or without this card, but now this card is added to it. You could totally do that. 100%. Put a one of this bad boy in there. Not a problem at all. Or just replace the GX Blastoise with this card. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you just replace it and just run Baby Blastoise in this card. Probably be better. Yeah, because even if you play Baby Blastoise and use the attack and you splash some, was it, three damage to yourself with the attack, pop an energy back there, you're back to full health. Yeah, it's it's a good card. And we have a few more cards on this list from this post. I'm going to move through some of these quickly that we're not going to talk about into detail because there's some trainers that we do need to go into detail on. There is a Dusknoir, 160 HP, stage 2 Psychic type. 
The ability is Fainting Stamp. If this this is your active Pokemon and is knocked out by damage from an opponent's attack, put four damage counters on your opponent's Pokemon any way you like. One Psychic Energy. It has Psych Up, does 60 damage, and during your next turn, Psych Up does 60 more. We have a Guzzlord, 150 HP. Dark type, Dark Energy, Mountain Munch. Mill the top card of your opponent's deck. And for Dark, Dark, Colorless, Colorless, which is, this is actually a decent attack. 120 damage. If your opponent's active Pokemon is knocked out by damage from this attack, take an additional prize card. It's a decent card, huh? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, in the span of Guzzlord cards, which span from super awful to you can play if you're really just not caring, this is a better Guzzlord. This is probably the best Guzzlord. It's it's a great Tekken for Dark decks. Um, I know we were talking about Zorak and Ninja Tag Team GX. Popping at least maybe one of these in there. Uh, you can always Beast Ring to it. You can throw a Weave, the Weavile GX that's been announced a while ago. You can move it around. It's a, it's a great late game card if you're playing against a baby deck. Oh, it's huge. Well, even even against a tag team because you you think about it because of the way dark energy can be manipulated in the next format. This card can just be popped down the turn it's going to be used, and then move all the energy to it and take four prizes, take three prizes, take two prizes. Good card. Beware. 120 HP. Colorless card, the ability carry run. As long as this Pokemon is on your bench, your opponent's active Pokemon's retreat cost, or sorry, your active Pokemon's retreat cost is two colorless less. Meh. It's an, it's an ability that we've seen before. Uh, Dotrio Do back in the X and Y era, I'm not sure which set it's from, had the same, had the same exact ability. I wasn't sure if it's the actual ability, but the same effective ability. Yeah, yep. So I used it for a little bit when I first started playing on PDCGO. Yeah, it, it is a similar ability. It's attack for a three colorless as Lariat. 120, ga- 120 damage. If flip a coin, if tails, this attack does nothing. Uh, bad card. It's one of those cards that'll probably pop up in your, uh, your building kit for pre-release. Oh, yes. We have some trainers, though, that I really want to talk about. Because trainers are kind of at a premium right now in the next format. We have Great Catcher. Discard two cards from your hand. If you can't discard two cards, you cannot play this card. That's what it says, at least in the translation. Switch one of your opponent's benched GX or EX with their active Pokemon. This is a super interesting card, Joe, because of the wording. It is zoning solely in on GX and EX, and that is interesting. Yep. It gets... It gives you a chance to really compete against those high power, high HP decks. Yeah, and based on the wording, their active Pokemon does not need to be a GX or EX. Just the benched one does. It doesn't specify. So this is this is kind of our first look into a card that will one help us put things into the discard pile, and two is our countercatcher. It's our Lysander. It's our Guzma. It's it's an option for that now with countercatcher. So now we know. There are at least two ways to manipulate your opponent's field. So that's good. The next card is a supporter. This is one of the strangest supporters I've ever seen. Uh, I don't really know how to feel about it. Professor Oak's setting. It is a supporter. Search your deck for up to three basic Pokemon of different types and put them onto your bench. Weird. Super weird, but I can see someone trying to play it. 
there will be a deck where it's playable and, and it doesn't have the HP cap like Elms does and won't have Ultra Ball, we won't have Nest Ball as of right now. You don't have those diverse decks like Zorark anymore. Yeah, but I mean you think you think about it, it's because what it's up to, right? So you could use it for Charizard Jirachi. Uh probably just Jirachi in a lot of things, really. But at that point, might as well just pay Pokemon Fan Club. True. Pokemon Fan Club does stay around, so if you're going to look for two, you might as well play that. And doesn't go on your bench, put it right into your hand. True. This is kind of a cap instead of giving us Bridget again or something else. I would have liked to see a card like Bridget. I can live with this, though. Okay card. We're getting more trainers, so that's sweet. Really quickly, Hidden Fates news has come out. Just a few more things on that. We have more promos. There will be a power collection, like a premium collection, just like the X and Y. And it will have promo cards of Rayquaza, Solgaleo, and Lunala GX. These are all the reprints. They are their ultra shiny versions. These will come with seven packs, it says. And that's about it there. So we know, again, more shiny GXs are coming out as alternative, we assume, promos. Yeah, nothing else there. That comes out in October. In Europe. Alternative yet playable. Alternative yet playable in expanded. Except for Salgalio, I think, right? Well, no, these are well the Rayquaza will be playable, but that's okay. The uh uh Lunala. Yeah, it's Lunala. The the Solgaleo looks like it is the It's the newer one. I hope it's the newer one. I guess they could have I guess they could have put up the wrong picture, but it could I could be. I hope it is. No, it's the, it's the newer one. I'm totally fine with that then. I'm good with it. If that's what we're getting, that's what we're getting. Here, Ray Quaz will be playable, still in, in rotation. So, yeah, that'll be nice. Regardless, that Ray Ray will be played and it will probably be the more expensive card because it is the most playable. Moving on, we have about, I don't know, six or seven cards left and then we'll be out of here. We have some pretty interesting cards. We have three psychic types. I'm going to go out of order so we can get to the best one last. We have Duskull. 40 HP, basic psychic type, has the ability Soul Evolution. Once during your turn, you may discard three cards from your hand. If you do, search your deck for a card that evolves from this Pokemon and put it onto the Pokemon to evolve it. Then shuffle your deck. For one psychic energy, it puts two damage counters on an opponent's Pokemon. So the attack isn't really important, but the ability is kind of cool. Kind of reminds me of an old Phantom, but instead of an attack, it's an ability. And it puts cards in the discard. So again, we have another way to do that. Dusclops is the evolution. 90 HP, 1 Psychic, Disable. 20 damage, choose one of your opponent's active Pokemon's attacks. They can't use it next turn. We've seen this attack 13 billion times. It'll be super good at pre-releases. But it, it, it'll, that's a nice mid-evolution or stage one to have attack. Especially if you're trying with the setup. Yeah, I guess if you're playing Dusclops, it's a decent attack if you're kind of stuck waiting. The last card on this list, I love it a ton. Blacephalon gets a Psychic type card. It has 110 HP. It is an Ultra Beast. And for one Psychic and Colorless, it does Depth Bomb. Put four damage counters on your opponent's Pokemon in any way you like. If your opponent has exactly three prize cards, Hashtag Stinger GX. Put 12 damage counters on them instead. Joe, this is such a strong card. It's a scary card. 
It is a super scary card. Counter gain doesn't rotate, does it? It does not. Yikes. Counter energy does. I mean, we have Beast Ring. You, but why do you even care about counter? You know what I mean? You put this in a Psychic deck or a deck with Rainbow Energy or Unit Energy or whatever. You just counter gain attach and boom, you just blow up stuff. And it puts you in the Beast Ring turns. I know Weezing is going to get killed by the rotation, but this card would be really good in that. It would be. 12 damage counters can knock out a tag team if the damage is set up correctly. That is, That does not leave a lot of room. Now, here's the other thing. Would you see this in a Placephalon GX deck just basically able to throw in a couple, couple of Psychic Energy in there? That or Beast Energy, yeah. I wouldn't put it past it. I guess, I guess Blacephalon kind of relies on one-hit knockouts, but if it ever needed something like this, I don't, I don't doubt that. Even its four damage counters can make knockouts a little easier. I'll put it this way. You're, you're, you can only hit the four energy. You get someone to 200. You got a couple of tag team GXs out there. And a couple of things here and there. If you play it down smart, put down the Blacephalon, this one, and you can just spread that damage everywhere. It's nice. We got about eh, three more cards left. This one, super meme decent. Alolan Persian GX. It is a 200 HP dark Pokemon. Has the ability Smug Face. Prevent all attacks, including damage done to this Pokemon, or all effects of attacks, I should say. Done to this Pokemon by your opponent's Tag Team Pokemon, Ultra Beast Pokemon, and Pokemon with special energy attached to them. What? What is this ability? It's a it's an odd one. It's nice. And I can see this being played in again dark ducks. Um looking looking pretty good. So weird. Especially with Honchcrow GX. I think it'd be a nice little tech in with that. Dude, it's such a strange card. For one dark, two colorless, does a hundred damage with claw slash. And then its GX is also dark, double colorless. Stalking claw. This attack does a hundred damage to one of your opponent's Pokemon. Don't apply weakness, resistance, or any other effects on that Pokemon. So it blows through any other effect that would prevent damage. I don't see you using the GX very often. Problem with this card is it's kind of mediocre in everything else, but it's almost like they nerfed everything else on this card and then just made the ability just super strong on paper. I mean, you're like, Tag Team, Ultra Beast, Pokemon with Special Energy. That rules out a lot of cards. Good thing it's just like a 200 HP Dark type, which is usually pretty easy to knock out because fighting types are always prevalent, but it's a fun card. Yeah, I just don't know how prevalent fighting types will be after rotation. There's nothing, there's no Brooklyn Hill anymore. So, Dude, Baby Buzzwool is always there, man. Baby Buzzwool is always there, but... It'll be playable. Fighting types are always playable. One, you know, Even when we don't think they're around, they're around. They'll pop up. Our final cards... We have Atropius. That's exciting. 120 HP. One colorless synthesis. Search your deck for a, green, a grass energy. Attach it to one of your Pokemon. Meh. Grass colorless leaf drain. 50 damage. Heal 50. Meh. That card is kind of terrible. The next card, though, is my favorite card out of all of these. By far. Both for the artwork, because it is adorable. And for the attack, because I am so happy we have a card that does this, Marshadow is getting another card. 
Don't worry. He doesn't have an ability like Let Loose. It is 60 HP. It's a little guy. Psychic, double colorless. Shadow Mimic. Choose one of your opponent's active Pokemon's attacks, excluding a GX attack, and use it. That's a good card, man. It's a fantastic card. Um, I know, I think yesterday I was watching a, a list. It, it, this is a video made a couple of years ago, but I can't remember which, which YouTuber. Uh, like the top 10 cards that like Pokemon loves to make cards for. And at that time, Marshadow was not created. I can definitely see Marshadow being put in that top 10 list of like Pokemon cards that Pokemon company love to do good things for. Because you have the Let Loose ability. I think that Marshall GX was fantastic. And unfortunately, didn't get to see that much play. But the ability is really, really good. Um, the new one that's out right now, where the, sta- the Stadium Bump one, Marshall's getting a lot of good cards. Yeah, I think people love Marshadow and just kind of like Zoroark and there's what's other cards? I feel like Heracross gets like 17 billion cards. There's just these couple cards that are fan favorites and Marshadow will keep getting them. And I like the fact that all of the Marshadows have been playable and other than Let Loose Marshadow, which really didn't become annoying until the past like six months, seven months. They've done a good job with it, keeping it in check, I think. Yeah, a reasonable cost for an attack no dces but it's like so you can recharge it up with a uh, melmar so it's 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 doable yeah and it's not too easy to get like you're saying you can't melmar once attach and then blow some guy up it is good though that kind of wraps it up for our cards we went through quite a few of them again take these cards into account you lose nothing by assuming that they will be there You lose nothing by theorycrafting deck lists. Don't shy away from testing for the new format now because you don't know. You will not get any worse. You will not have any worse ideas. And you're not being any smarter by ignoring it. So test all the decks you can. Theorycraft. Play PGCGO even if you hate it. Test with your friends. Proxy test. Do all these things. We have a really cool format switch coming up that hasn't happened in a long, long time. Be excited for it and test, test, test. I think you can agree with me on that. Yeah, because you'll never know if you if you happen to be the one to stumble upon the deck. Yeah. You might stumble upon something that is really, really cool and maybe you're the first one to do it. That's like a, that's like one of my goals in, in the Pokemon TCG. Will I ever make worlds? Probably not. Will I be able to make these great international top eight types things? No. But my goal in Pokemon TCG really is to make a deck that I can give somebody or whatever, where it's fantastic that someone can top eight with it or even win a, a tournament. You can give it to me. Cause my goal is to top eight something. So we can, we can, we can do that. And I guess top eight isn't my goal. My goal is to become a really, really solid mechanical player. And may, maybe one day if I could put in the time I could do it or compete for at least a day two. day two is my realistic goal. That's my realistic goal in Pokemon. And I, and I need to do a lot of practicing to get there. And like always, the best way to do it is to practice. The last thing I want to say before we head out, over these next seven weeks, we will have opportunities for new topics, um, topics that are not as directed towards tournament and competitive play. We do have an email. Did you know that, Joe? We do have an email. An email? An email, right? From like the 1800s, a good old email. What's an email? 
it is a place where you can send us things electronically electronically it is just the biggest mind-blown thing in the world through the mail electronically beautiful thing we do have one of those it is blue surge podcast at gmail.com so blue surge podcast at gmail.com and if you have any questions or have some things you want us to talk about have anything you want to say about the show feel free to send an email there a lot of us use facebook though instead use twitter those are also places that you can contact us. We do have our Blue Surge Podcast Facebook page. We do have our Blue Surge Podcast Twitter handle, which will always be in the description for these podcasts. There's a lot of ways to contact us, and this is a really good time to do it. This is a good time to, to just message us and say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about talking about this? We would love it. Like We have some, some ideas for the next few weeks, but... As of right now, not enough to fill up until World. So we're looking for some ideas. If you got anything you want us to talk about, um, I know we are actually planning to have some interviews in the next few weeks, maybe next week. Uh, we'll have to talk to the appropriate people before we do that. But uh, we're still trying to figure that kind of stuff out. Yeah, we got some really cool stuff we're going to try. And again, we appreciate all the support. This podcast has been doing phenomenally both our last episodes almost hit new highs for listens so again thank you so much for the support guys we are gonna head out of here hope you enjoyed the podcast this week and we will see you guys next time